my name is Joe. Um, some of you may know me, most of you might not. It's a good reason for that. I try to stay behind the scenes. Um, but I think by way of introduction, it's just saying very simply, I'm an unworthy vessel in the hands of a very worthy God. Um, and I think when I got the ask to um, speak at the service, um, I kind of thought about it for two minutes because I, I knew if I thought about it for longer, um, I would probably say no. Um, but it was, it was good to be asked. And I think I'm, I'm going to be talking about Zacchaeus. Um, and one of the things um, about Zacchaeus is that Jesus called him by name. You know, in a crowd of people, Jesus called him by name. And when I got the email from Pastor Billy, he called me by two of my names um, and said, you know, we would like you to speak. So it's just remi reminding us that we will get an opportunity. Jesus will call us by name. Um, and we have to choose how we respond to that and what we do with the invitation. So the text I'm going to be talking on is taken from Luke chapter 19 from verse 1 to 10. And I'm just going to read it. Um, and if you could follow along, that would be great. So he entered Jericho, he being Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Right, so in... You know, talking about the story of Zacchaeus, it's, it's easy to focus on Zacchaeus, the character, because he's the one who is meeting with Jesus. But ultimately, the Bible is a story about Jesus. It's all from beginning to end. It points us to Jesus. And I firmly believe that the story of Zacchaeus is a story about how Jesus changes lives. You kind of meet him one way, you encounter Jesus, and you go back the same way. It's like a, um, a machine input on changed life. Um, Operation Jesus output a changed life. Now, there are sort of four summaries or four things that I've picked out in, in summary about the story. Said, so at the beginning, it tells us that Jesus was on or was passing through, came to Jericho and was passing through. So Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, to the cross. We're told that Zacchaeus lived in Jericho. We're told he was rich and he was the chief tax collector. And we're told that he was short and he sought to see Jesus. So he was active about seeking Jesus. He wanted to know who is this Jesus. Now, I don't know how many people have met a celebrity. Either you've gone for a meet and greet or you've actually um, you know, just seen a celebrity in passing. But usually there's a crowd that surrounds them. And we're told that Zacchaeus was an important person in Jericho. He was the chief tax collector. So people would have known him. Um, he would have been either notorious or he would have been loved. But what, knowing what we know about tax collectors, he was probably notorious and not very well liked. But one would have imagined that Zacchaeus would have just stayed in his home and would have expected that at some point, 
Jesus would ask, ask to meet the important people and he would have been invited. But we see that he made a conscious effort to meet with Jesus. He went out. Now, I picked out four key points or five key points from the story of Zacchaeus and I will attempt to run through them um, in the few minutes I've got left. So the very first thing that came out for me, looking at how Jesus, um, Zacchaeus actively sought to meet Jesus, is that inside each and every one of us, there is a, a vacuum, a God-shaped hole, as it were. And we oftentimes try to fill it with things and, and activity and, and relationships and wealth and status, but it never quite fills it because it's a, it's a hole that has been made specifically um, for God to fill. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So within each and every one of us, there is eternity. And this, this longing for eternity can only be filled by the eternal God. Um, a, a French theologian, a mathematician and theologian, Blaise Pascal, said it quite well. Um, and he said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God, the creator, who is made known through Jesus Christ. So that was the first thing we picked up about Zacchaeus, that he was rich, he had fame, he had status, but there was something, something that longed to see this Jesus who was coming through. Now, the next thing we see about Zacchaeus is that he knew he was caught up in a crowd, there were a lot of people around, and he would not necessarily be able to get that one-to-one -one encounter with Jesus, but he wanted to see Jesus. And so what did he do? Being a short man, and to have been described as short in, those, in that time, he must have been really short. Because, you know, historically we know that Mediterranean and, and sort of Middle East people are not very tall. So he must have been a very, a shorter than short person. So what he did was he ran ahead and climbed up a tree. Now, imagine for a second, I used Boris Johnson in the first example, but imagine the mayor of Milton Keynes. An important person comes into town and the mayor of Milton Keynes wants to, wants to meet him. And he runs and climbs up a tree. So he abandoned all status. He abandoned his position. He abandoned his wealth, as it were. He was a rich man, so he could have asked one of his servants to invite Jesus to come and eat with me. But he dropped off himself and he climbed up a tree to meet with Jesus. And we see that it's this longing, this wanting to meet this person that is outside of him. And the Bible tells us that when we come near to God, when we draw near to him, when we take ourselves outside of our situation, our circumstances, our position, and we seek him, that what happens is that God also draws near to us. And when he draws near to us, then we get to have that encounter with him. Um, I, I look back to the story of Moses in Exodus in the Old Testament. So Moses was out being a shepherd, tending to his um, father-in-law's um, animals, and he sees a burning bush. So imagine you're out in the city center and you see a pot plant, one of the ones in the center, on fire. Now, for me, the very last thing I would do is go near it. I would go away and maybe inform someone. But we see Moses in this example move closer to it. And when Moses moved to see why the bush was burning, God met with him. God spoke to him. So when we draw near to God, when we take a step towards him, he also takes a step towards us. The third thing we see is that when Jesus got to where Zacchaeus was, he called him down. 
So in a crowd, Zacchaeus was up a tree, and Jesus got there and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today, I must go to your house. And we see here that when we take a step towards God, and he takes a step towards us, he offers us an invitation. He calls to us, and he says, come. I want to come in, and I want to dine with you. The Bible tells us in Revelation 3.20 that he stands at the door, and he knocks. So he doesn't barge the door, you know, push it open. He knocks. And the opening of the door depends on us. So we decide whether we want him to come in or we decide whether we just want him to stay outside of our business and we just carry on doing what we know how to do. But he says that if you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in. So the opening of the door, the answering of the invitation is dependent on us. So we open the door, he comes in and he dines with us. So he will eat with us and we will eat with him as well. Now, one thing that will happen when we answer this invitation, when we have this encounter with Jesus, is that people will have an opinion. People will talk, people will say, Do, does he know who that person is? Or you, even we will question ourselves and say, I, I know the things I've done, and I know I, you know I don't deserve this invitation or this you know, wealth to welcome you into my home. But the thing about God is he doesn't look at our person. He looks at our heart. He looks at what we are seeking, what we're after. And he meets us at that point. Now, when Jesus made the invitation to Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus accepted the invitation, tells us that the crowd grumbled and they mumbled and they said, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Which is quite ironic, because Jesus did not came to you know, minister to the people who were saved or the people who thought they were righteous. He came for the sinner. He came for the people who needed him and who recognized their need for him. Zacchaeus recognized his need for Jesus, and so he went to meet him. So people will have an opinion. And many times when we look at the things that Jesus, you know, the miracles he performed and the times he met with people and dined with them, the crowd always grumbled. The crowd always had an opinion. They always felt like they knew this person and he can't be that much of a prophet or, or a good man if he doesn't know who this person is. But Jesus sees us exactly as we are. And I think the, the very last thing we pick up about Zacchaeus' story is that when Zacchaeus met with Jesus and Jesus went to his house, it wasn't just Zacchaeus who got the blessing of the encounter. It wasn't just him who got to meet with Jesus. You know, Zacchaeus was a rich man. He would have had family. He would have had servants. He would have had friends who wanted to meet this infamous Jesus who was in town. So they would have all had the blessing of the encounter. And Jesus himself says, says today salvation has come to this house. So not just to Zacchaeus, but to everyone who was there. And we see a similar encounter was um, described in um, Acts 10, in when um, Paul went to meet Cornelius and introduced Jesus to him and said, it wasn't just Cornelius who got saved, it said Cornelius' um, family, it said his servants, his whole household got saved. We also have another famous residence of Jericho, Rahab, in the Old Testament in Joshua 2. Now, Rahab was a woman who should not have been mentioned with the saints, much less being in the genealogy of Jesus. But God, again, doesn't look at the person. He sees the heart. And Rahab met with the um, Israelite spies, and her and her family, who were with her in her household, got saved. So the blessing of an encounter is not just to the person, but to everyone else around us. And I think one thing that would pick out right at the beginning um, of Luke, it says he entered Jericho and was passing through. 
So Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He was on his way to the cross. Um, and this was a once in a lifetime opportunity for Zacchaeus to meet with Jesus. Now, if he hadn't climbed up the tree that day, if he hadn't met Jesus that day, he didn't get a do-over. He didn't kind of get, you know, next time he's passing through because as we know, he went to the cross, he died, and he didn't kind of come back that way again. Each and every day, we all get an opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus. We also get an opportunity to be the Jesus that other people see as well. Now, we have to decide whether we accept the opportunity and we step up to the plate. Um, I mentioned that when I got the email and said, you know, do you want to speak in church? I could have said, actually, do you know what? No, maybe next time. And that would have been a case of, well, she said no that time, so maybe we don't ask her again. But we have to make that decision as to whether we step up when we get an opportunity to be the Jesus people or to have an encounter with Jesus. Now, I, I want to say that it's easy to think that I've been a Christian for so long, I go to church and I serve in church and, you know, I've already had an encounter with Jesus. Um, you know, I know who he is. But an encounter with Jesus is not a once and done thing. We don't kind of accept Jesus into our lives and say, you know what, I'm good. We every day have to deepen our walk with him. We have to have a new encounter. We go through challenges, we go through good times, and we grow. And it's much the same way that we should actively seek an encounter with him so that our lives are changed. Because the Bible tells us that we are changed from glory to glory, not just the, you know, you, you accept him and then you're good. Your, your name is in the book and you're, you know, you're, you're, it's a sure thing. It's a daily encounter with him. So when we get the opportunity to have an encounter, accept it wholeheartedly and, you know, make use of it. And when you get an, an opportunity to be the Jesus that other people see as well, being kind, um, showing the love of God, then please do, you know, accept it. There's a prayer um, that I got from a, a book of Puritan prayers that I wanted to read because it kind of touches on not just the once and done, but the ongoing and continuous longing for an encounter with um, Jesus. Um, and I'll read it. It says, it, it's called Longings After Jesus. It's from a book called The Valley of Vision. If you get an opportunity to, to grab the book, I, I, would, I would say, Joe, it's a really good book. Um, it's, it says, my dear Lord, I can but tell thee that thou knowest I long for nothing but thyself, nothing but holiness, nothing but union with thy will. Thou hast given me these desires, and thou alone can give me the thing desired. My soul longs for communion with thee, for mortification of indwelling corruption, especially spiritual pride. How precious it is to have a tender sense and clear apprehension of the mystery of godliness, of true holiness. What a blessedness to be like thee, as much as it is possible for a creature to be like its creator. Lord, give me more of thy likeness. Enlarge my soul to contain fullness of holiness. Engage me to live more for thee. Help me to be less pleased with my spiritual experiences. And when I feel at ease after sweet communions, teach me it is far too little I know and do. Blessed Lord, let me climb up near to thee and love and long and plead and wrestle with thee and pant for deliverance from the body of sin. For my heart is wandering and lifeless and my soul mourns to think it should ever lose sight of its beloved. 
Wrap my life in divine love and keep me ever desiring thee. Always humble and resigned to thy will, more fixed on thyself, that I may be more fitting for doing and suffering. And I pray that as we leave here today, that we will yearn more for everyday encounters with Jesus and that we will always step up for an, as an opportunity to be the Jesus that other people see. Thank you.